Welcome to the Power Play Podcast, where international cricketer Kyron Powell and marketing genius Jordan Shannon join forces, bringing you captivating conversations with the biggest players in cricket and business. Join us as we dive into the lives of current stars in the cricketing world, the legends before them, and those extraordinary icons whose performances changed the game in both cricket and business. Exploring journeys both on and off the pitch, the boardroom, and everything in between. Get ready for an exhilarating blend of cricket, life, and business insights with two insatiably passionate, infuriatingly no-holds-barred hosts who, unfortunately for the rest of us, live and breathe this stuff for a living. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of the Powerplay podcast. I'm Jordan Shannon. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Karen Powell. How are you, Kai? I'm fine, Jordan. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you very much. Uh, England couldn't... um, you know, back up the first uh, test performance. So a little bit disappointed with that, but, you know, can't take any anything away from, from India because that uh, performance in the second test was phenomenal. And uh, Jaiswal and Bumra in particular, both, you know, showed the class and put, you know, put India in fantastic situations to win the game. Yeah. Um, I think it was two sort of individual performances that sort of set up that game for India, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. Sort of Chuck Shubman Gill into that equation yeah. as well. Um, India winning by 106, and he sort of scored what was it 104, so sort of giving that giving them that buffer, yeah, yeah, for a second innings um target that would sort of just pushed it out of England's reach. Um, but I think I think it's interesting that England are even getting to these types of fourth inning scores, you know, especially in India. Um, you look at it, Ravi Chandran Ashwin hasn't really had much impact on the series. No, no. He's sort of been nullified, which is something that, I mean, he wouldn't have expected going into the series. Um, But Jasper Bumrah showed that, you know, doesn't matter what the surface is, like no. once once he gets it right, I think obviously um for me, him, Pat Cummins and Kagisa Rabata, I'd love to see through them playing in, in a world 11 against some other team because that would be just literally the hardest work for any any opposition batting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was he was phenomenal. Obviously, um, Joyce Wall getting his his second Test century, his first double. century at home, and and what a way to go! Um, getting yeah. a double century, um, and I'm going really big. And obviously, Shubman Gill being under a bit of pressure there, and and yeah, second yeah. innings, and getting an important score. Um, not only for him, but for India, and as I said, you know, giving them that buffer, um, that that sort of worked out to be, I guess, the, the, the sort of safe net that they had towards the end of the games. So it was it was a really interesting game, um, and the series only gets more interesting now with obviously the likes of Virat potentially coming yeah. back in, um, for the next match, and he's gonna want to have obviously his say on this series as well. Roy Sharma. To get some some big scores as well, so yeah, I can see India sort of ramping up the pressure from here. Yeah, definitely. I think that um, the way that the third test is set up perfectly now. I think that going back to the second test, so I think the way that Jaiswal batted was superb. I think that, like I said, he set up that innings um, and set up the the first innings for India perfectly. And I think that the way that England kept, England just never seemed to get going. I think you look at the scorecard and you know they were they were 
you know, partnerships, you know, 40 here, 50 here, 60, and, and they just never seem to be anything. And I think you put that down to somebody like Bumrah. Every time they sort of slowly put, you know, England got going again, he produced that that delivery. Or in, in the situation with Zach Crawley in the first innings, there was a superb catch, you know, going over it. Oh, I can't remember who it was he took, took the catch. I think it was Zach Sabatelli got the wicket, but someone took a catch going over there, going over the left shoulder. And they, they always seem to have that edge constantly in that in that test match. And I think that um, you know, we talked so much before about obviously the conditions in India and this and that, but the way that Bumra bowled, and also I'm gonna speak about James Anderson here because you know he didn't play in the first test match, but he goes he went to show and he showed how important it is to in terms of being able to to look after an end. And you know, he went he went uh, I think he bought 25 overs so less than two and over in the first innings, and he bought something similar at less than you know, two, I think it was like 2.8 in the second innings. And it goes to show that no matter what conditions or what the wicket's like, if you bowl line and length and you hit your areas consistently, you're going to cause problems no matter where you are in the world. Yeah, I think, um, to touch on that James Anderson point, I'd, I'd like to see England going with two seamers in the next uh, match because you look at it, for example, someone like Rehan Ahmed, who's not really doing much, no, um, both. If you can get another seamer in there, um, and then you have obviously Jimmy that can keep an end, and you have um, let's say Markwood that can come and work in sharp, sharp bursts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can really afford to be a lot more aggressive, knowing that he's got a Jimmy to hold up an end, and then you've got the other spinner. You still got three spin options yeah. in the team outside anyway. So um, I guess that would give them, in, in my eyes, a more balanced um, attack. I mean, if if obviously someone like the skipper and Stokes was fit to ball, then they'd be um, perfect with this combination yeah. right now in terms of the amount of spinners. But I think obviously because he's he's down and he's not going to be bowling at all in this series, I'd, I'd just yeah. like to see them have another seamer because it, I do think that there is a lot in it for the seamers in this series as well, as as we've seen with Boomer yeah. um, once he's gotten great. And I mean, you think of from the Indian standpoint, imagine if they had a Siraj and a Shami fit as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. those those guys would definitely have a part to play in this series. So, do you think it, going on that well, on that point there? Do you think they would have picked all three, or do they, do they think they still would have gone with two? Well, it, I think it depends on on the conditions. I think they'd have definitely gone with at at a very least two. two. Um, but I think it depends on on the conditions. They may have just rotated. Um, the three of them, so you have two of them playing. One's always rested, so yeah, you know, someone's always yeah, it's where um, if they started to go on a green seamer, um, then they'd go at all three of them, um, yeah, and still have these spinning options as well. Obviously, with Jadeja down, Aksar Patel is like the greatest um, replacement you can have, especially in India, where he's average. I don't even know if he averages ten in India yeah, with the right. ball, and yeah. he gets um, valuable runs as well. So, I think India um, are pretty much unfazed in, in, in the bowling department of, of things. Yeah. Um, England probably surprised them with their intent. Obviously, lots of teams that play against England now and, and the new intent um, yeah. sort of catches teams off guard sort of the first time around. So, yeah. I mean, India had their own experience with it, but they've, they've bounced back now. And I think, obviously, as I said, the likes of Kohli coming back in, um, and he's going to be hungry. He's, you know, he's going to want to, to, to have his stamp on the series. So it, it's going to be an interesting three match series, you no? Know, because level that one one, it's it's down to a three match series. You know? Yeah. Well, it's a, a ten day break now from the from the end of the the, the test match to the next one. And England have gone to Abu Dhabi, 
um, for a break. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure as well that I read that Dan Lawrence, who got picked, obviously as a replacement for... I can't remember. Oh, when um, Harry Buck went, went home for personal reasons, they brought in Dan Lawrence. I'm sure Dan Lawrence is now playing in the ILT20 as well. For the for the for the ten day break that they've got, well, I'm um, I'm not sure, but I think I read something that this this break in Abu Dhabi is a no cricket break as well. No cricket's just gone, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you'd think that they had enough time in Abu Dhabi before the series, but I mean, I, sometimes I think they, yeah, I guess they forget it's it's got the series leveled at one one, and they want to. Go and refresh again. So I mean, kudos. Yeah, it's it's whatever works for them. So I just think sometimes, like I, again, this is just my only my, my personal opinion is don't don't make it public. So if you're going to Abu Dhabi, fine, but then don't like make it a non cricket thing. Like you don't have to say that. You, you know, people can, you know, you can you can be perceived to be practicing and just spending time with the family or whatever it may be. I just think it looks bad because you leave yourself open there. If you get if England get rolled or turned over comfortably in the third test, it's like you know we, England had the momentum for the first test and the second test it was competitive, but you know then all of a sudden the third test comes and it it's a it's a you know it's a non contest. Like it just leave. I just feel England sometimes and the way that they are with the press and how they come out from a PR perspective, like you just leave ourselves open sometimes for like you know for whatever it may be. But I don't know. It's just the way the way I do this whole I don't know if to call it a regime or baseball whatever they call it whatever, yeah. yeah it's it's almost coming across like an ancient um emperor type thing where you know no matter what we do you can't say anything but positive about us all yeah you know, it's 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 heads off so <laughs> I mean, they, I guess I guess they figured they they're having a lot more success than they were having before it all started. I think they were one and seventeen, um, before before yeah, well, this started. Yeah, I mean, the record is a lot better at the moment. Yeah, um, I get that. They are pushing. They are pushing the extremes. Um, it it is a bit much for a lot of people, but I guess they're getting the results. So no, well and. I'm sure we'll see what happens and what unfolds over the next three test matches. I just hope that England do maintain that level of, of you know, commitment with the going towards at the minute. Because I do think we've seen some real good, promising parts of, you know, I think like we spoke about Tom Hart. We talk about you know um, Bashir bowled super. I thought he bowled really well in his first, in his first test. So hopefully England can come back from Abu Dhabi and golfing, um, and <laughs> you know, and 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 um, you know and. and see if they can turn something special in test three, four and five. But that leads me on to the point of, uh, I mean, obviously another series that she's taking place, which is uh, New Zealand and South Africa and, and one man, which is, you know, he, he, he's just superb. I just look, I look, we know, I just love watching him back. I think he's absolutely brilliant. And Kane Williamson, again, with same uh, two centuries in the same test match. He's just, you know, phenomenal, great player. Yeah, not that I know anything about scoring two centuries in the same test match or anything, but uh, <laughs> no, Kane Williamson is just absolute joy to watch when when you yeah. think of it. Like, and and to think that he's had so many injuries of late, yeah. But yet still, if you check the stats, he's actually scored 
six centuries in his last six test matches. Yeah. Now up to 31 test centuries. Um, only one active player in front of him now, which is uh, Steve Smith. Steve Smith, yeah. And he's tied Steve Smith in terms of the amount of innings it took to get to 31 yeah. um, test centuries. All of this as well before he's even played 100 test matches. He's not got 100 test matches yet. He's got no. 31 test centuries. No. So the numbers, the numbers he's racking up is, it's crazy. Like I know Steve Smith sort of touched God's hand for a minute there, and it's the closest closest thing we've seen to Don Bradman. Um, but Kane Williamson is is sort of not far away from touching God's hand as well. Like his his numbers um absolutely phenomenal. I think he's averaging something like fifty four or fifty five now in yeah. Test cricket. Um, yeah. and this, as I said, is over a period of. 97 test matches you know this isn't over a short period of time so it's absolutely amazing to see what he continues to do um throughout all formats you know you'd not think of him as no i guess the type of player that i guess suits one day or t20 cricket but he sort of has that mahela jay warden effect where he can still play proper cricket in strokes and score no what format, at, yeah, yeah at, at, at a high tempo without i guess swiping or looking ungainly so one of the greats of cricket for sure. Um, we're definitely lucky to be living in this era where we get to see Kane Williamson, Steve Smith, Virat Kohli, and and Joe Root, you know, putting up these types of massive numbers. Um, and hopefully they can all continue to go for a very long time. Obviously, they're getting a bit older now, um, but yeah. the the game is in such a great position right now. And you think about the test matches that we've experienced sort of over the past, let's say from the ashes last summer coming yeah. up until now, test cricket is in a really, really good position. You know, it's, it's great to watch. It's great to see the performances happening. Every series now, um, back versus ball is at an all-time high. I think that there's lots of skill on this player. I'm loving the fact that they're leaving a lot more on pitches generally around yeah. the world for seamers as well. So yeah. they're, they're having an opportunity, especially in the first innings, to, I guess, get their say in proceedings as well. So now Test Cricket and and those names that I mentioned are absolutely flying at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And like you were saying there, I think you, again, you've touched on it so many times in, in our chats that we've had about, you know, this red ball and white ball and, you know, whether you're a good cricketer, you, you're a good cricketer, no matter what format. And I think Kane Williamson, you know, summarises that point perfectly, really. No matter what format, he always seems to find a way to score runs. And I, I also seem to think, in my opinion as well, he just seems to get on with it. You know, he's, he's yeah. never really like in front of the, you know, doing anything or coming out with anything controversial. Or just He just turns up, plays, scores runs, goes home. It's just such a, you know, a, a consummate professional is the probably term I would use for him. Is he just, you know, the way, the way he goes about He's cricket, like I said, he's picked up injuries, but, you know, does what he needs to do, comes back, you know, and then, you know, it's only a matter of time before he gets his next score. And um, the form is in at the minute and the situation, obviously, with, this, with the, I'm not taking anything away from his, his two hundreds, but with with the South Africa team that's that's over there, he, he could easily go and do that again in the next test. You yeah, know what I mean? Obviously, don't take for granted any opposition. But as you said, look, he is going to be looking to cash in here as as much Big as time. possible. Um, Big time, yeah. And again, you you look at 
as I just previously mentioned, his injury record, he doesn't know when he will next go down. Yeah. I mean, so that again is added incentive for him to cash in every single time that he gets an opportunity right now because you don't know how long an injury will be. You don't know if you'll ever come back from an injury. No. And unfortunately for him, his injury record has not been great of late. So, um, yeah, we're absolutely blessed. I think New Zealand, definitely their best their best player that they've ever produced um, in an era that has probably produced lots of their greatest players across yeah. formats. Um, when you look at, he's played with the likes of Ross Taylor, Brendan McCallum, um, Tim Saudi's Trent Bolts, etc. Um, yeah. But he definitely stands head and shoulders amongst amongst the group, you know, what he's been able to do across formats. And as I said, world cricket on a whole is, is just blessed to have someone like Kane Williamson that doesn't get into any trouble. The only time you see or hear from him is on a cricket field doing something great yeah and then he just disappears off and lives a normal civilian mode that's it no that's exactly it and it's like you know credit to him and the credit to um you know the way he keeps churning them out and, and does it it's you know it's a real credit to him really so um i wanted to ask you as well about the under 19 world cup obviously that's now close to coming to its end of uh have you managed to watch much of it or see much of it yeah i have I've I've watched, especially in the earlier stages, lots of it. Um, unfortunately, I haven't watched, I guess, too much of it of recent time. But I did yeah. watch that semi-final with India, South Africa, which I think was an absolutely amazing match. Okay, man. Um, South Africa ebbed and flowed. Thought they had it. Um, ended up losing in the end to India there, who are now in their fifth consecutive under nineteen World Cup final. Phenomenal as. Man. Yeah, as as a global front, we need someone to break, yeah, break this streak. We need whoever gets into the final against them to, yeah, um, to beat them. But I mean, it it just goes to show that obviously the level of investment in Indian cricket right through its its ecosystem is absolutely amazing, and the talent that they're able to churn out year yeah. in year out at, at all age groups, um, all genders of cricket is just absolutely amazing. And, you know, what the IPL has done in terms of revolutionizing not just global cricket, but what it's done for Indian cricket, allowing them to be able to be competitive at all age levels in any condition. It's absolutely amazing. And, and you think of just a few months ago, they were at the Under-19 Asia Cup yeah. in Dubai, where they got knocked out quite early. Um, and then the way that they're playing now in, in this competition... Um, goes to show that you know it's see that you perform in, in a country of one point how many billion are yeah, yeah. you know someone that's an opportunity so but yeah on I guess another point of it obviously I was a bit disappointed with how the West Indies um weren't able to qualify you know trying against Australia um and then rain sort of impeded that match you know yeah, what the end result would have been um yeah. team was playing really good frigate so you know, it's unfortunate for those young guys because at that age group, you know, it means it means the world to them. Not saying that it doesn't at I guess senior cricket, but you know, obviously junior guys coming in and trying to make that first impression, you know, to be able to get into a World Cup semi-final would have, you know, boosted them as well. But I think that they'd be happy um the way that they performed and they could leave the tournament with their heads held high. Um, yeah. I know that they 
back in the Caribbean already. So hopefully um, some of them get into their regional um, franchises for yeah. the upcoming 40 tournament and, and continue to play and, and perform, obviously in a different format, but you know, just continue to get the opportunities to go out and showcase their skills and, and develop and uh, hopefully move on to West Indies senior team in, in quick order. Yeah, yeah, no, I hope so. Because I think that, you know, when we spoke about it a few weeks ago in terms of the the platform it gives you, I just hope that um, the players from the tournament, you know, there's plenty of players who've scored runs and taken wickets and done really well, is that they then utilise this opportunity that they've had and are playing this high standard of competition cricket to then use it as a motivation to push on and, and to continue because ultimately that's what you want. Like you said, you mentioned there about some of the West Indies lads, you want them to then go back home you know, and force a way into, um, you know, the 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 teams to then go and play in, you know, the championship, the West Indies four day championship that starts today. Um, I know that I'm sure I read this, and you might be able to confirm that potentially is that um, I'm sure Jewel Andrew got home and then played for his school side and scored a hundred for his school side on like Saturday. I'm sure, I'm sure it was something like that. I read that. I don't know how. Sure it is. Um, so I can't necessarily comment on it too, but too much further. But if he did, I wouldn't be surprised. That's um, the type of guy he is that he wants to play um, every, I guess, every match available to him. Like when he got selected for the Little Islands one-day squad, um, we had to sort of stop him from going to play tape ball cricket. He was like, no, 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 no. He's playing <laughs> professional cricket next week. He's not going out to play any tape ball cricket you know so um, <laughs> I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if, if that were the case if that did happen no um, and obviously that leads us on to the the, the West Indies four day uh, championship which, which starts um, today what's your situation why you're not sort of playing uh, insolent sacrosanct individuals within the organisation um, West Indies cricket is just full of politics I, I actually haven't been given a reason as to why I'm not playing. Uh, so yeah. that's that's interesting. But I'm going to be heading out, I guess, over the weekend and we'll see what happens for um, round two. I yeah. have made myself available. I did tell them that you know there was um, a personal family matter that I was dealing with, but I did make myself available well in advance of, um, I guess, selection for the first match and then didn't really hear anything back. I've heard like little rumors, little shushu, whatever the case is, but no one's contacted me as to why I wasn't selected, which is obviously very disappointing being yeah. um, probably the most senior player in in the Leo Orange franchise. But, you know, you take these things and you use them as um, motivation and a driving factor, a driving force, um, obviously at this stage and age of my career. So I'm, I'm looking to do maximum damage when when selected. Uh, yeah. This definitely sparked me, and I know um, exactly how I want to respond. So it's just, um, I guess, giving myself the best opportunity if and when 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 my chance comes and, yeah. and maximizing it. And, you know, then I'll celebrate a part of it. Well, I... Wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to be a bowler on the end of your wrath of, um, you know that side of things. Anyway, so I do fear for the bowlers in the uh, 
domestic circuit of the West Indies cricket, put it that way. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> the worst thing the worst thing is when um super focused um is yeah. is it's never a good thing for whoever's on the other end. So, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm super focused at the moment um, and just it's gonna be fun. Obviously, you know, at this stage, and you know, I'm 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 enjoying every every game I play, um, but. No, there's there's a purpose, like a definite purpose and a, a passion and a drive. Um and I'm really, really looking forward to getting onto the field. No, that's good. Good. So when 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 is the next round of fixtures? Is it next week? Is it next week or the week after? Yeah. Next week. Yeah. So yeah. Every the, the first round starts today, um, which is Wednesday, and then I think it's three rounds before the first break. So every Wednesday is another game. Right, okay. Yeah. Right. And what, what, will they sort of release a squad then for the next round, like relatively soon, or how how will they sort of sit tight with that? I have no idea. I'm just, I'm just going to do my part. I'm right. I'm going to be there um, sort of over the weekend. So um obviously give myself i guess as best chance as possible to sort of acclimatize um obviously switching time zones as well yeah um, so give myself a few days and and hitting some balls in those conditions etc i guess the team will be announced sort of sunday monday which would be the end of this first game that's yeah. coming up um and then move into second fixture no no, I know. Obviously, with 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 the championship due to start, who do you see as looking as quite uh, favourites in the competition? Who do you see sort of making a stake or a claim? Making a claim. Generally, it's um, it's the same teams that sort of compete mostly. You sort of know who's gonna. So obviously, um, I think the Leewards have been good across formats for yeah quite some time without being able to get over the line. Last year was a terrible year. Um, for us as, as a team in terms of 40 cricket and that's why we sort of had just that determination in the Super 50 obviously we weren't able to get over the lugs in the championship but yeah, I think that we'll have a good 40 team again this season yeah. um, the lugs of Barbados generally compete year in year out they're, they're, they're votes. Um, they don't necessarily seem to have I guess the strongest team on paper that from what I've seen this season so um but no, Guyana, Guyana again, defending champions. Um, they know how to win. They've, yeah. they've been winning a lot and for a long time. So that's a team that you can never take your eyes off. But I think there's lots of um, new players um, coming into various franchises around the region this season. So I think it's it's a great opportunity for, I guess you look at more experienced teams, sort of like the Leewards and Trinidad and Tobago too sort of try and I guess outplay or out experience these these younger teams and 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 try and capture a title. No, no, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to seeing it unfold and, and and when um when the full squads were released, I had a quick, you know, a good look and stuff. And I think with obviously some of the players featuring in the white ball stuff in Australia, it gives off it you know a nice opportunity some of the younger lads to to come in and stake a claim. So I'm looking forward to um watching that sort of unfold. On your situation, I kind of wanted to touch back on it a little bit. And you know when it comes to this communication aspect to it, and I think speaking to you 
Um, now there's no doubt it puts in your focus, and you, you you seem so switched on in terms of like wanting to get back in there and prove, you know, prove it wrong. Do you think what people don't realise when it comes to this communication aspect is actually the negative impact it could have on someone like yourself, where you could just turn up and go, you know what, it's quite clear, you know, what what's gone has gone. It's, it's not for me this anymore. Rather than you know you've turned it into a positive and you're now focused on on, on doing what you're going to do what the impact it could have on other people who maybe weren't as mentally strong as someone like you, it could actually be incredibly detrimental to them. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to obviously experience as well, obviously being a, a more experienced person. I think what they would like um, for certain people within the organization anyway, is for me to actually say that, you know, screw this, I'm, I'm not going to play. Um, I don't right. need this anymore. Um, but unfortunately for them, I'm, I'm not playing for, any individual or anything like that, you know, I, I sort of determine when and, and where um, my career finishes. Fortunately enough, I've put in performances over the years that... Yeah, tomorrow. Then. I mean, nobody, no, nobody's game is guaranteed. But, you know, if... I, I think I, I would say that I have at least some credit in the bank, you know, to sort of allow me at least an opportunity to... Yeah. At least, you know, get a fair chance in terms of representing myself and 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 going and, and putting in more performances. And you look at, I guess, the stats over the past two years on the leading run scorer in in the entire region over the past two years and over the past three years. I think it's only Jermaine Blackwood that scored more runs in over the past three seasons. So, I mean, this was obviously an unexpected, unforeseen um, situation, but. Everything, everything in life happens for a reason. So, initially, I was very upset, um, very angry because it, it's not a situation that I've been in before. It's not something that I'm used to. Um, so it was, it was quite something that I was taken aback by. But yeah, no, it's just, it's just a motivational factor. I mean, any, any little additional motivation goes a long way because you know I, I like to. I guess prove a point or be driven. Um, yeah. and so like oh, I, I'm really planning on having a very big season. Um, very focused, very ready, um, mentally for it. And I think that's that's the part that you know people don't pay attention to the mental aspect of it. Where my mind is really attuned to what and how I want to go about things. So it's yeah. just a matter of us getting there and just and getting myself ready. And once the opportunity comes, then, you know, doing what I have to do. No. And I, like, obviously, from my perspective, I just wish you all the best when you get going and and stuff. And I can't wait to see you. As they say in boxing, a dangerous fighter is a happy fighter. And in your situation, I think a, a dangerous cricketer is going to be someone who's focused and driven like yourself. So I think that um, I can't wait to see you do your thing, to be honest with you, mate. Perfect. Thanks, John. I appreciate that. No. Well, thank you very much for, for today, as always, Kai. And it's uh, good to get your insights and stuff. And I look forward to catching up with you, um, you know, next week. And hopefully it could be in the middle of a, uh, well, just due to start, potentially after uh, the next round of games. So thanks very much, mate. No, Jordan. Cheers. And Thank you for joining us on the Power Play podcast, hosted by Kyron Powell and Jordan Shannon. 
We hope you enjoyed this immersive dive into the world of cricket and business, exploring the unique experiences and perspectives of players past and present, alongside those invaluable insights into intriguing business themes that transcend beyond the boundaries of sporting heroics. Be sure to set your reminders on your Alexa or Google Home device. Or we won't tell anyone if you still use those paper calendar things from a bygone era. Join us next time for more inspiring dialogue with scintillating minds on the Power Play podcast.